and at guard. Standing five foot ten, 150 pounds soaking wet, wearing a snowsuit with rocks in his pocket. The motor mouth. The guy who never seems to shut the hell up about a game that goes 94 feet long, 50 feet wide, 22 feet one and one third inches out on the perimeter, 10 feet tall on the rim, only on the hardwood, number 12, the same number that Michael Jordan wore outside of number 23 and 45 because someone stole his jersey on Valentine's Day in 1990. Deshaun. Man, I'm almost out of breath on that one. I tell you that. <laughs> Just figure we'd try something a little different, something a little new. I hope you guys like it, man. You're listening to the one and only, I like to call it the best basketball podcast that there is uh, on the planet. You're listening to Tate's Take, the podcast. Follow online, man, social media. I guess that's what all the cool kids are doing nowadays on the Twitter as well as on the IG at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S. T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, where basketball lives, of course. Uh, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe, man. We are uh, uh, accessible. That's the word I was looking for to all uh, uh, platforms, that being Google Podcast and Apple Podcasts. So if you got the Android and you don't have the, the iPhone and you know, we, you know that we you know, are accessible to iPhones, and, and, and Apple Podcasts, and there's no excuse for you, and same thing, vice versa, Red Circle, the whole nine. Uh, so I appreciate you guys just for checking in, man. Got some pretty, uh, pretty, some, some, some pretty awesome stuff that I think can be somewhat intriguing for you guys and gives you a little bit of a background about me. And um, obviously we're going to talk about the unfortunate set of circumstances, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant from a few days ago and man I tell you it still seems very um very unrealistic you know it, I, I'm not sure somebody asked me what does it feel like I, I'm not quite sure if I'd go as far as saying that it feels like it's a dream but it's 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 more of a hangover feel you know you, you go out the night before it's Friday you out hanging with the with the homies and hanging with your friends and whatnot and then you you know you um that very next day you don't want to do nothing but you know, sit up in the house and be a couch potato and flip channels. You know, wearing the sweats and the in, in the hoodie. You know, and and, uh, and and get some of that Gatorade so that you can replenish. That's kind of what it feels like. You know, it's kind of like that that hangover feeling. But nonetheless, I just want to share a little bit of light on the on the Kobe Bryant situation because I know a couple of people had asked me and I told them that I would make this podcast available uh, for them to be able to hear some of my thoughts. So here goes. Um, you know. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I am overly familiar with Kobe Bryant, the person. I, I, I don't know who that person is, but I follow guys that can put that basketball inside of that little cylinder. The way that the game was designed to be played by Dr. James Naismith back in 1891. And I tell you what, the dude is a phenomenal ball player. I don't think that, you know, anybody would disagree with that. And, um, you know, he had that – everybody talks about that Mamba mentality, and I think that's something that we can all learn from because we can all kind of channel that Mamba mentality 
you know, if you will. And it was kind of like he had also had the mentality of, you know what, be the best or die trying. And he worked so hard to emulate and pattern his game after Michael Jordan, who many of us consider to be the best of all time, me included. And, uh, you know, he is this generation's Michael Jordan, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm not really sure if, you know, he'll be, you know, go down as the most talented basketball player of all time. You know, there's your Michael Jordans and your Magic Johnsons and your, you know, your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and your, your you know, your, your Bill Russell's. And, you know, I know that this is probably kind of pre- premature to, to mention, but we don't know what in the world, you know, Zion is, is going to be. Uh, but I will definitely say that it is very scarce to see that there is anyone who uh, can match the competitive effort that Kobe Bryant will put out there on the basketball court. And uh, that's second to none. It appears that he was, you know, obviously a really good father. And you got to give some credit and take your hat off to a guy who worked tirelessly to be uh, the best father that he could. And I can only imagine how difficult that was for a guy when you're playing basketball. I'm watching these guys on a regular. You guys know that I'm in the locker room and I'm doing a lot of traveling and these guys are doing much, much more traveling than I am. And I'd be thinking I'm coming back home after a couple of days and dead tired. And these guys are, you know, a whole foot, two feet taller than I am in a lot of cases, a uh, foot and a half anyways. If somebody was two feet taller, that uh, I guess Boban is probably about two whole feet taller than I am. But, um, you know, to, to, to miss the opportunities uh, that, you know, he had to be able to make, you know, whether it's ballet recitals or dance recitals, basketball games for his, you know, his daughter, uh, Gigi Gianna, who unfortunately lost her life in that tragic helicopter accident as well. I can only imagine how tough that was for him to miss out on all those things between games and traveling and practices and so on and so forth uh, and try and have, uh, have to make all of that time up in a short span before uh, his life was taken and his number was, called home unfortunately uh i can only imagine how devastating that has been on the bryant family so i want to extend my condolences to the family and not just the bryant family gianna and kobe and vanessa and and the the other three children but also to the other families that were on uh the plane as well and i'm gonna be honest with you I, i don't know what the nba should do in regards to memorializing him i don't know if the every single franchise and organization should retire the number eight and or the number 24 uh, or if the logo should be changed to Kobe Bryant or anything along those lines. But I do think that something should be done. Obviously something's been done as of recent note, and I'm not going to go into all the details about it because I'm not exactly sure as I'm still putting some of the pieces to the puzzle together about the changes that are going to be made to the all-star game. But it appears that at the end of every quarter, um, there will be a charity. So it's a mini basketball game for each quarter uh, that is going to be put together at the end of each quarter uh, to give to charity for those purposes. And, of course, when the new quarter starts, whether that be in the second quarter or third quarter, uh, then the score will go back to being 0-0 zero, zero, and then make up for it on the back end when the fourth quarter rolls around in uh, whichever team, regardless of the score, gets up to 124 points first, uh, then, um, then that will be, you know, the, the, the victorious 
uh, team. But I will say this much in regards to the All-Star game because I don't want to touch on that a whole lot, maybe just a little bit, but I don't want to talk about it too much. The reality is is that uh, I hope to see a little bit more competition. These 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 ticket prices are out, outrageous, if I'm just being honest, in regards to access into the game and, you know, the three-point shootout. I know they have the skills challenge and the celebrity game and the slam dunk contest, but I wanted to see that game on Sunday be a little bit more competitive, and if not for anybody else, then for Kobe Bryant, who gave each and every single drop of blood and sweat and tears to this game that I've been watching for the past 25 years since I was 10 years old. And everybody knows that 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 Kobe Bryant plays a uh, a, a significant part in my journey um, as a radio host uh, and just as a, you know, as a as a fan to the game uh, in general. So I, I definitely uh, want to do something special in my own right um, by first giving a brief moment of silence uh, here for a second and then furthermore following that up with um, a little bit of audio that we will start from um, and I think that this is fitting from three guys one of them being uh, LeBron James who the night before Kobe's passing uh, passed up Kobe Bryant on the all-time scoring list in the NBA, uh, and then, you know, maybe even a, a, another comment um, about the message that he wrote, you know, that, that uh, the message, uh, the, the special message uh, to Kobe that was written on the, on the pair of shoes, uh, and then uh, follow that up with Michael Jordan, a guy that uh, Kobe obviously emulated and patterned his game and idolized after and then uh, last but certainly not least, an audio clip of Kobe Bryant um, from the final night of his NBA game where he scored over 60 points on the Utah Jazz on that particular night in April of 2016 where he obviously thanks his fans and his family. So in that direct order, let's go ahead and get straight to it. First and foremost, a moment of silence. I wrote on my shoes tonight. I think I put Mamba uh, for life. Eight twenty-four KB because it's really that. It's really that mutual. Now I'm here in the Lakers uniform in Philadelphia, where he's from. Where I wanted the first first time I ever met him. Gave me his shoes. He won All Star Week. It's just it's surreal. Let me say this first. I can only imagine the things that um, I can only imagine the things that LeBron James has been kind of going through and I know it may seem easy for everybody but you know when you just passed the 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 guy up on the all-time scoring list and he sent you a, a nice you know message congratulating you and um just trying to picture all the hard work that LeBron himself has had to put in and all the miles on his you know body and on his knees as well uh, a very emotional moment I can imagine for a guy like LeBron James some people might say should they have uh, canceled the game um, a couple nights ago between the the Clippers and the Lakers, and I can only imagine the, the 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 emotion that's going to be in the Staples Center at that time when they do play. Of course, it was canceled. I don't know if they should have canceled it or not. I think that's a decision that's left up to the NBA, but I, I don't question that people will still be just as emotional when it's time to take the floor, especially one LeBron James and the guys that Kobe Bryant has played with, and we've heard plenty of. Kobe Bryant stories uh, in which I will share a little bit of mine, but 
Um, certainly, um, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I've been at a loss for words and everybody's kind of mourning over this death. Um, and I think that it'll be a, a bit interesting to see with the game of basketball being as therapeutic as it is, um, how that goes over when they play the makeup game or when the the Lakers take the floor again on Friday. Let's hear from the guy that, again, Kobe Bryant uh, emulated and, and often imitated on the basketball floor himself, that being one, Michael Jordan. I want to congratulate you and Vanessa and the girls. Uh, you've been a big help to the game of basketball. You helped the NBA. You, uh, you helped promote it. It's your last year. Just have fun. Take it a day at a time. Enjoy it. And look forward to seeing what you do after this. Now, that was obviously on the night that um, Kobe Bryant, you know, had his, his his last game, that he played his last game. And I thought that was really nice of Mike to say. And he's even shared some of his own thoughts since the passing, which we won't play that audio here on today. But um, I just hope that people pick up from, you know, being the leader that Kobe Bryant was, because like I said, this isn't a basketball story. This isn't a North American or American thing. This is a global story. And oftentimes we use the words great and iconic figure and polarizing figure uh, quite too often. It's difficult to describe different people in different ways. Uh, but I will say enough to say that um, Kobe Bryant was every bit of the definition of a competitor. And there's not very many uh, competitors in regards to that same kind of conversation that Kobe Bryant was in. And last but certainly not least, before we move forward, uh, just want to be able to play this soundbite from Kobe Bryant where he thanked the Laker fans um, and uh, talked about how he can't believe that uh, his career has come to an end. This, of course, was back in April of 2016, and, of course, thanking his family as well. I can't believe it's come to an end. You guys will always be in my heart. To my family, my wife, Vanessa, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. There's no way that I can thank you enough for that. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Mamba out indeed. And, you know, that, that was... Um some of the last words that I recall hearing from Kobe Bryant, I've heard some other things, but in terms of um, on the larger scale and more broad scale, um, those are that, that that's what I will remember the most about Kobe Bryant and, um, you know, the basketball player that he was. And it just kind of takes me back to my childhood a little bit because I kind of remember, um, you know, you used to have like the Nerf ball set and you used to have the, the, the little basketball hoop that goes on the on the top of your door and you close the door behind you and you got the little ball and you throw it up there in the basket. And uh, I didn't always have one of those, although I did at one point, I didn't always have one of those. So I would take a wire hanger and the hook portion of the hanger, I would hang on the back of my door and close it in and take the triangular shape of that hanger and stretch it out into a circular uh, form of a basket and uh, and ball up socks and shoot my basketballs in there or, or, or as if they were basketballs, but shoot my socks in there and turn around Kobe. Uh, that's just one of you know one of one of my lasting memories of of Kobe Bryant and um, just the like I said, just the big heart and the and and the tireless worker that he was and 
and the work ethic that he played with. And I think that that kind of goes unsaid um, as to what he's meant in the hearts of so many people. So um, I definitely want to move a little bit past the Kobe Bryant thing, but I certainly want to make sure that I acknowledge that on this podcast. And that's going to be the bulk of this particular podcast. But uh, I also want to say uh, here as well that, uh, you know, we, we've got some really interesting games. Of course, we talk a lot of high school, a lot of college, a lot of pro basketball here. And uh, in regards to the NBA, um, just kind of want to touch on, you know, uh, uh, some games that are going to be played here this week. You got the Raptors and the Cavaliers on, on tonight. Um, and I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but, you know, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers who aren't particularly playing so well, obviously, uh, I can't imagine how long John Beeline uh, is going to, how long his stint will be in Cleveland uh, considering the circumstances. But, however, I will say enough to say that, um, you know, that, 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 that young core between Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr., um, I think that could be a very interesting nucleus moving forward. Uh, that's the, I think that between those guys, they've got a little bit of toughness, more so because of the Colin Sexton, who had an awesome, super awesome block on Zion Williamson the other night. But between he and Kevin Porter Jr., if they can find a way to develop that chemistry, I'm not sure how that'll work, but I uh, certainly hope that it does for the sake of um, you know uh, Colin Sexton, whose career I've been following for quite sometime the Philadelphia 76ers at the Atlanta Hawks uh, I'll be there to cover that game and uh, the Atlanta Hawks have maybe not significantly looked better since getting John Collins back uh, but uh, from that 25 game suspension but uh, he definitely uh, has made a significant difference in the locker room in terms of his vocal leadership uh, and some positivity and, and optimism in the locker room, I can definitely say enough to uh, to 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 mention that uh, you got the Utah Jazz at the Denver Nuggets. And before we move on, I always got to mention something about my dude Trey Young, man. I, I've heard that there's been some people that have, uh, you know, in the media that has scrutinized him a little bit for the team being as bad as they are, but Trey Young's numbers looking as good as they are and still being not only an all-star but a starter in, in the all-star weekend let me tell you something I can't think of too many other guys I mean Kimball Walker is going to be a starter in the backcourt light right along with them and I hear people's gripes about Jimmy Butler but Jimmy Butler is not a guard in this league I do understand that you could position him at the guard position but he's not a natural guard at this uh in, in this particular All-Star and in this particular game. So, you know, I, I know people might say, you know, Kyrie Irving, who being a guy, I'm not sure he's even played more games this season than he did at Duke when he was a freshman and played, what, nine? Maybe that was like a max, and that felt more like two or three games, if I'm just being quite honest. But um, I think it's time that we put that little bit to rest in its own uh, because Trey Young is certainly, when you start looking at the numbers, um, you know, Third, ranked third in the NBA uh, in regards to scoring and fourth in the NBA in averaging an assist. Um, so I think that we have to give this dude some credit uh, for what he's you know been able to do. And it's, it's, it's an individual accolade to be able to play in the All-Star game, and it's not you know based on team. So I don't understand really where, um, where, really where there's issues at, if I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm... The 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 votes that he got is not just based on 
fan votes alone. The players voted, and I think the coaches voted, if I'm not mistaken. And he was right there in the top three of all three of those categories as well. So, um, you know, the, the, I think that uh, it's very deserving, you know, for 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 trade to um, be doing what he's doing and again. Second year in the NBA, and he's an all-star. Luka Doncic, second year in the NBA, he's an all-star. Kind of reminds me of old, uh, Kobe Bryant, who made the NBA all-star in his second year. Uh, that was back in the day, though. That was when he was number eight Kobe. That's when he was the fro Kobe. Uh, that's the one that I like more than the 24 version of Kobe Bryant. Uh, which one did you like better? Feel free to hit me up, man, on social media, at Tate's Take Hoops. On the Twitter, that is at T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S on the Twitter. Um, and just a short, short brief stint of college basketball here, what we got coming up. And this is uh, this is in its own right starting to become relatively intriguing, especially considering the fact that, you know, NFL and all that football garbage that you guys tend to love so much. Super Bowl and people tell people I'm excited about Super Bowl. And they're like, what, you, you, of all people, excited about Super Bowl? And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. That means it's it's on its way out the door, and I can have this college basketball thing all to myself. Um, where people say that there's, we don't know who the best team in the country is and so forth, I think that uh, Baylor and Gonzaga has certainly done a pretty good job at separating themselves as the best teams in the conference or in the, in the, in the nation. You know, Gonzaga with their only loss coming to Michigan by right around like 30 points, but that being the only loss, and it doesn't look like they're going to get another one anytime soon. Although I believe when they travel on the road to Provo, Utah, uh, up against BYU, Yoli Childs and company, I think that's where things can get interesting and that they might actually lose a game within the conference. Maybe their only game, but of course you always got St. Mary's right there. You got Baylor in the Big 12 who – Come away with a big-time win against Florida, Iowa State earlier this week. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine that rematch against Kansas uh, will be awfully interesting. It's going to be a lot more difficult for them to go unbeaten in conference play than it will be for Gonzaga. Uh, how about another team that arguably could be ranked the number one team in the country? We're talking about unbeaten. Well, uh, that would be San Diego State, who I thought was going to have a diff- rather difficult time at the pit. Uh, playing up against um, uh, on the road against New Mexico. I know Carlton Bragg Jr. that you know the suspension or kicked off the team rather is not helping the circumstances to go along with Jaquan Lyle. But uh, San Diego State ran those guys out of the gym, and I'm really not sure if anybody's going to be able to beat these guys. I could definitely see them slipping up, uh, but they're another team that is deserving of a one seed right now. If the selection Sunday was today. Uh, and there's still a lot more basketball left to be played. So we're going to learn a whole lot more. And even about some of those teams in the Big Ten between the Michigans and the Ohio States who have some really interesting games coming up. Michigan State even, who's at the top of the Big Ten. And um, it's just been a really wacky year between Illinois, who's looked really good in the Big Ten. Rutgers, arguably looking like the best team in the Big Ten so far. Iowa with Luka Garza, who a lot of people aren't paying nearly as much attention to the three of those teams, especially when you start talking about Garza with Iowa and uh, Io DeSumo uh, with the fighting Illini. And Brad Underwood has got that those teams playing. Florida State took a, a fall uh, earlier this week to the defending national champs in Virginia, so I would imagine right now, and I made some promises that I would do this to give my top two uh, 
or, or my 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 top one and two seeds, maybe even some three seeds. I might be able to sneak that in there. Most deserving Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and San Diego State as far as one seeds. I think that Louisville could certainly sneak right up in there in that conversation. Uh, if San Diego State takes you know a a, a, a loss or two, uh, but certainly they're gonna win the ACC in their own right, which is a lot more competitive than uh, San Diego State's uh, conference in the Mountain West. Uh, Dayton, I think, is a two-seed to go right along with Louisville, uh, perhaps even Florida State in that conversation to uh, go right along with, you know, maybe even Duke or or, or Villanova in those regards. And uh, it appears that Duke has probably some better wins by beating Kansas and Michigan State a couple teams. But, you know, Villanova took down the number one team in the land at the time, and that's Kansas who's on on that one line. Uh, so I would imagine that Villanova uh, and and and, uh, and maybe Florida State, Louisville, Dayton, but I think that Duke is certainly right there, and they'll be extremely close to that two line uh, relatively soon. With the three, I think you've got Oregon, who I expect to win in the Pac-12, uh, and Seton Hall as well. I think that we could potentially see Kentucky along that line as well, but at the same time, you know, Kentucky's schedule is not. Um, the deepest because they've only got one other team that's ranked in their conference right now that they will play for the remainder of the season, or two ranked teams, I'm sorry, because I did forget about LSU, who's on a crazy streak right now uh, and playing some of the best basketball in the country, but also you got Auburn right there as well. So I think that that'll be relatively interesting. So I think that my one, two, and three seeds right now is probably Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State as one seeds. Uh, I would imagine that you've got to put probably Villanova, Duke, Louisville, and Florida State uh, right now who are the uh, two seeds. And I think that one of those will certainly drop out uh, because of the fact that Dayton is right there, and although they don't have the tough schedule that the other teams do, uh, and, and Atlantington's not a poor conference by any means, but I couldn't imagine between Florida State, Louisville, and Duke who are all in tough conferences in their own right. Uh you know, somebody's got to lose those games when they play one another. Uh, and so I think that's where it'll give Dayton just enough st- space to be able to sneak in. Uh, Gonzaga as a three seed, Oregon certainly as a three seed. Uh, I think that Michigan State could be in that conversation at the top of the Big Ten right now. And then it's between, you know, Kentucky and West Virginia. And, and, and in that case, um, I don't know. I think that that'll be a tough one. Kentucky, I believe, fifteen and four. West Virginia, sixteen and three. Um, who's got the tougher schedule? I think it's probably right about neck and neck. Um, I don't know. I think that's probably gonna be a really, really tough one. But I gotta go West Virginia just because of the fact, probably that Kentucky's four losses, three of those losses came to unranked teams, and I don't think that that helps them very much at all. Going to get ready to get up out of here. Feel free if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, suggestions. Uh, be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, Tate's Take, the podcast, all basketball related. Um, and um, to be sure to follow along on social media. That's the IG is right along with the Twitter. Remember, we're accessible to Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, uh, as well as Uh, Google Podcasts as well, so no excuses. And make sure you tell a friend so that they can go ahead and subscribe. Subscription is free. Just press subscribe. And uh, for all of the people who have done that already, I'm overly thankful, grateful, and appreciative uh, of you taking that action. So at Tate's Take Hoops, 
T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, where basketball lives. And uh, hopefully looking forward to uh, you guys joining me on the podcast for the next time. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that intro as well. So until the next time, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, number eight and number 24, passing away at the age of 41.